Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Snap Out of It Radio Network. Hear all our great shows across the world. Join our community at snapoutofitradionetwork.com. So wake up, stand up, and snap out of it. Empowered Love with author, self-mastery coach, and relationship expert, Melanie Tanya Evans. Take back your power, heal your soul, and set yourself free. Free through Empowered Love. And now your host of Empowered Love, Melanie Tanya Evans. Hi everyone, I'm Mel and welcome to another Empowered Love radio show. Thank you everybody that is still passing on the article, Am I With a Narcissist? That is absolutely fantastic that that is still getting circulating and that we're really able to get the word out there in regard to what narcissism really does look like, which is just so much more than what the DSM actually allows people to understand. So the radio show that I'm doing today is called The Truth About Shame. And shame is an icky topic that a lot of people don't want to look at. It's really interesting when uh, reading a lot of Breen Brown's work, when people asked her what was she researching and what was she doing, and she would say that I'm researching shame, people would try to get out of the conversation. She said that they were more interested in talking about anything but shame. Shame, even the word shame feels icky. I really want to have a good look at shame today. I've had a lot of people email me and ask me to write about shame. And I think this is such an important topic because shame can underpin so many things in regard to abuse and dysfunctional relationships and pain, etc. So let's get into it. Let's talk about this topic that is so important to talk about because shame, when it's hidden in the darkness, is so insidious. It is such like a black, revolting ink. It's poison. It needs to come up into the light. And I really hope this radio show can do that for you today. So we all know that life doesn't always go perfectly because life just isn't like that. There are things that happen in our life that can get us questioning all sorts of things, such as, did I make the right choice? Is this what I'm supposed to be doing? What on earth have I been doing with my life? And in fact, life can shake us up so much that we can start questioning not just our choices, but the very foundation of ourselves. If our life has not turned out to date as we had envisaged it would, And if we've had painful or even abusive experiences, the very core of our self-esteem and our self-worth may be shaken. We may surmise that bad things have happened because we're cursed, or maybe we've just deserved to be punished. We may ask ourselves questions such as, am I worthy? Am I good enough? Who am I? Or even, am I a good person? Feeling unworthy and fearful of being hurt again 
or to suffer disappointment or loss again may cause people to retreat from life or they may try to instead fit in with others by seeking approval and trying to be everything someone else wants them to be in order for them to be accepted and to be loved. Now this non-approval of self means not being able to be in life openly and authentically as oneself. Shame is the very reason for non-self-approval. It's a deep-seated belief of somehow I'm defective and because of this defectiveness, I'm not worthy of love and connection in life and with others. Shame is a very serious problem for abusers and also for those who have been abused. Abusers had projected onto them the belief that their abusers held, which is, I am defective and no good. All abused people suffer the force of the painful inner feelings of the person abusing them. Abusers project onto the abused the identical pain and suffering that they experienced when they were being abused. So what that means is, is the abuse that the narcissist received as a young person was the punishment that that abuser that abused the narcissist suffered when they were younger or at some point in their life. And the cycle continues. And it's all a vicious cycle of shame. I must be no good. That's why I'm being punished. That's why I'm going to behave in the same way. There are two ways that people express themselves when they have a core inner belief of being defective and unworthy of love and connection. So they're either going to express themselves as a bad person, the bad person that they were programmed and had projected onto them to believe that they are bad, or if this person retains a conscience and doesn't want to hurt anyone, they become the recipient of more abuse, which confirms the subconscious belief of being unworthy of being loved. Now, we know these models as narcissistic and codependent. The narcissistic model is about not being authentic, not being real, not being vulnerable, having to one-up to retain the upper hand, meaning I have to keep one step ahead of you all of the time, and it also includes the objectification and the manipulation of others and the creating of unrealistic expectations that can't ever be met. I've often talked about narcissism is like a greyhound chasing after um, a, a false rabbit and it's never going to catch the rabbit. And it's the same with a narcissist is the unrealistic expectations are never going to stop coming and they can actually never be met. And the reason this is happening is because the narcissist has created that within relationships so that he or she never has to truly connect and never has to truly bond. So it means the greyhounds never actually, the, sorry, the rabbits never caught. That bonding never actually happens. And this is 
so, the narcissist never has to risk abuse or rejection ever again. The unconscious belief system is if I never really trust you or bond with you, you can't hurt me. Now, the codependent, conversely, becomes over-attached in relationships, starts denying their own self and starts positioning the other person as their source of self. And in this foregoing of his or her own self, which becomes less and less and less, tries to cling and fix the other person's abusive behaviours in order to secure being loved, loved and in order not to lose out on being loved. The truth is, Every relationship we have with another person is always about the essential relationship that we have with ourselves because all of our significant relationships are reflecting back to us our own unhealed parts. And in fact, this is the most loving gift another human being can commit to when they enter a relationship with you. And in fact... At the quantum level of love and growth and evolution, that's what every relationship is doing with you. So what everybody is really saying subconsciously to each other is when they're entering relationships is not, I promise to be with you for life. Really, what they're saying is, I promise to bring up for you all the unhealed parts of yourself so that you have the opportunity to heal them. So every relationship we procure is absolutely about the gift of giving back to ourselves an opportunity for more wholeness and well-being and evolution and more connection to our true self-state. Now, the problem is with this is this was never a part of our learning curriculum. We weren't taught this growing up, that that's actually what relationships do. And we were never taught that the most important purpose of relationships is learning how to personally grow and evolve and become more whole. We were also never taught that the level of relationship that we attract and participate in is always going to be a direct match for the level of relationship that we've established with ourselves. The human experience was always going to be about growth because this is the very nature and cycle of creation and life which is forever changing and expanding and therefore we are meant to as well. This is what living is about, is about expanding. As soon as we start getting stuck in the same cycles, Joe Dispenza actually explains this, you are wearing out genes you, and they start disintegrating and deteriorating because you're not changing or expanding. So the cycles of nature are all about stress and then growth. They're all about change. And that change and that growth is produced from stress. Think about a new tree and what it needs to do to sprout through the dirt and gain its roots to be strong enough and anchored enough to survive. Then, as the tree gets older and stronger, its growth is far less traumatic. The same applies with ourselves. If we 
If we have not pushed through the insecurities of becoming a solid source to ourselves by establishing our own anchors of self-love and self-acceptance independent of the neediness of others, we are going to be very fragile and we're going to be extremely susceptible to damage. And there's a great story which I've explained before and what this was about, this was a person in their home who was starving hungry. They don't have food in the cupboard, they don't have food in the fridge and somebody knocks on their door and says to them, I have this most incredible delicious pizza and they can smell it and they can, their stomach's grumbling and they want to eat the pizza. And they're about to take the pizza and this person says to them, if you take this pizza, you are signing up for me to do to you whatever you want. I'll bring you pizza every day, but I am going to be a problem for you. You'll get your pizza, but there's other areas of your life that aren't going to go great because of having me in your life. So this person, because they're starving and they're empty and they feel like they have no choice, they grab the pizza. So we can understand that if somebody had their kitchen well stocked and they were able to feed themselves and they were cooking for themselves delicious, nutritious, fulfilling meals, that they would be whole on that level. So when that pizza deal came along, they might have smelled it and initially thought, oh, that would be great. But then as soon as they heard the conditions of what comes with that pizza, they'd say, get lost. I can provide food for myself quite well, thank you. I don't need to take that dodgy deal. So this is the same in our life. These are the essential anchors that we need to establish within ourselves. So what is the key to establishing these anchors? And the key certainly isn't what we were taught to believe in any shape or form. Because what we were taught has had a huge negative impact on us being able to heal, evolve and grow. We were conditioned to believe that being imperfect was not acceptable. We believed admitting or displaying our flaws or our vulnerabilities would lead us to be rejected, abandoned, pushed aside in preference of someone more perfect or we would be overpowered and controlled if we showed any weakness. And this meant we could not show our flaws outwardly and we certainly couldn't admit them to ourselves. If we did, we might feel disgusted in ourselves or even experience self-hatred. You know, look at me, I'm worthless, I'm no good. We were all conditioned to believe in conditional love, which is the greatest flawed human premise of all time. So the lie that we were fed goes like this. You're only worthy of being accepted and loved if you look like this, behave like this, go along with this, own this, dress like this, know this. And what this did is this created a humankind mass of people who covered over flaws, disowned them, created a persona to compensate which is a mask, and then walked forward into life carrying relationships where all of these inner flaws and pain were always going to emerge and erupt 
within their personal relationships. All of this shame. There is no avoiding our own unhealed parts. If we disown them and we try to run from them, life simply brings them up and hits us over the head with them. And the reason this happens is because life gloriously grants us every opportunity to finally be freed from the painful entrapments within ourselves. And life does not stop gloriously granting us these opportunities. And the most impactful way that life can get our attention and do this for us is through our close personal relationships. And what is more impactful than a close, intimate love relationship? Or, of course, it may be through a child or it may be through a parent that you're quite enmeshed with. But it's going to be your close relationships that are going to bring it up for you. Now, because of the disowning of flaws, people have forever been judging themselves, holding themselves up to some unreachable benchmark and feeling totally inadequate for not reaching it. So this self-judgment creates this intense and painful separation within oneself. It creates feelings of not being acceptable and not being worthy of belonging, firstly between you and yourself and then also with the outer world. And then it creates the addiction of having to get more or appear as more to make oneself finally feel worthy enough to be loved. And of course, this is a bottomless pit. How can a person be authentic when they're carrying so much inner shame? They either have to hide from life to avoid the risk of the painful rejection that they believe their defective self will receive, or they have to be in life as a false self, someone else other than who they really are in order to try and be acceptable. When we take the journey out of the insanity of this flawed illusion and into our inner being towards being conscious, we understand just how damaging the beliefs of being imperfect, defective and not good enough are and how it sabotages our ability to feel worthy of loving and accepting ourselves and of connecting to life and others. We also understand that it is this unworthiness which is the root of the pain, the fear, the unloving and abusive patterns within relationships. It all boils down to shame. So we start to understand that connectedness must start within. It needs to begin with the purging of our own sense of shame and a deep inner acceptance that we're never going to be perfect. There will always be others who have more, are prettier, smarter, etc. And none of these criteria have anything at all to do with how connected, loved and loving and accepted we're going to be in life. So Breen Brown, when she did studies on vulnerability and shame, what she found was astounding and it actually led to her personal catharsis within herself because it was so shocking what she found. And what she found through her statistical research that there is one factor 
that granted people love connection, healthy relationships and a sense of belonging. One factor. And this one factor was the ability to be real and vulnerable. So in effect, what this meant is that these people did not carry the shame of being defective. They were able to accept themselves and love themselves and be comfortable with themselves, warts and all. And as a result of that, these people could present themselves as authentic people to other people. These people did not hold the belief that their not-so-perfect parts made them unlovable. And these people did not have a set of unrealistic conditions placed on themselves. They didn't live their lives by some crazy, competitive and unrealistic criteria in order to feel worthy of being loved. These people simply felt and knew that they were worthy of love, period. So when we understand how shame works, we know that the intensely painful inner feelings of shame leads to internalization or of the of the shame and the pain or and projection of the shame. So shame always turns into blame, always. It leads to blaming yourself and or it leads to blaming other people. So a deep insidious belief of being defective, if it's not worked through and it's not healed, means it's going to be projected outwards. It's going to be assigned to the outside that other people are defective also. So shame is the most destructive emotion to intimate relationships. And this is why narcissists, find every reason to discredit and demean their intimate partners. So in effect, the partner can never be good enough. And this is exactly what the narcissist deeply feels about him or herself and what's being projected outwards. So intense inner shame creates malignant disconnection and destruction within relationships. Now because you have been narcissistically abused, if you have, it's very normal for you to feel defective, unworthy, riddled with shame and believe you're at fault. You may even start to question whether or not you're the narcissist. Now this is the shame that you've accepted and you've absorbed deep within your own being from the narcissist projections. Some part of you had already been conditioned and programmed to accept this shame and this was the result of some sort of conditional love that you received in the past that primed you to accept these projections because otherwise you would have just said I know who I am this is clearly your stuff this is clearly abusive and I'm not going to accept this you know I have more self-worth self-love and self-belief Okay. Now, unfortunately, we weren't in that category. And there are people that are, I can assure you. So the truth is, as a child, you may have been taught you were only lovable if you did what you were told or you received certain grades or if you carried out the expectations your parents had for you. You may have believed that if you didn't, that you were unworthy of their love. 
So the messages you received did not allow you to believe that you were worthy of love simply because you existed. You were not taught that being worthy of love was your basic human right and intrinsic truth. So people who are not primed to accept this shame don't stay in relationships with narcissists. So we need to really understand about our own levels of shame and what's been going on and our own beliefs of defectiveness. Now the narcissist's shame of unworthiness at some level is reflecting reflecting back to you the parts of you which feel the shame of being unworthy of love and connection. And that did prime you to accept a false self as a love partner. And it primed you to accept false love and abuse as substitutes for real love. Because at some deep subconscious level, as a result of carrying shame, you didn't believe that you deserved true love and connection. Now this may be a bitter pill to swallow. And it's not intended as such. You know my work is about really embracing and healing at the level of truth. And this is exactly what I needed to confront within myself to heal and break free from all of this stuff. So let's go back to the part of the fear of being imperfect. As human beings, we are all perfectly imperfect. And even saying that to yourself, I am perfectly imperfect. I want you to really say it and I want you to really feel it. Because when you do that and you really embody that and breathe out, your whole body is going to relax in relief and say, oh, isn't that wonderful to know that? I am perfectly imperfect and I deserve and accept love because I exist. That's the truth. And the thing is, being perfectly imperfect is the very nature and the bedrock of growth. If you were a fully enlightened, perfect being, there'd be no need for personal growth. And there'd be no ability for you to keep experiencing the miracle of yourself as a being unfolding into the limitlessness of yourself and life. That's the fun. And it's your imperfections and tweaking those and healing those and expanding which allows you to unfold and grow and expand. There's no other way to do it. Now, your ego's version of being perfect truly is completely off target. Perfect looking people with lots of money and tons of accomplishment are not more loved and accepted than others. In fact, if these people have not established healthy self-love, they severely run the risk of being hooked up with people who are only with them for material, aesthetic, non-authentic and shallow reasons. So these people do not have the potential of more happiness and connection than you do because they have more. In fact, as a result of striving so hard to be perfect, and if they think that this is the only way people will love them, they're prone to receive from others how they really feel about themselves, which is more unworthiness. Or if somebody was in their life for genuine reasons, which is to love their soul and their inner being, they would have to reject this person because they're not going to be 
at a level of emotional vibration to be able to receive it. So these people, if they have to be perfect, are always filled with the terror of maintaining themselves as the identity of what they have and they need to maintain their looks, their money and their structures. Otherwise, they're going to be no one. And if that happens to them, what is going to happen is that their inner feelings of defectiveness are not going to be able to hide behind appearances and stuff anymore. That is not freedom, love, connection or living. It's actually a self-imposed prison of fear, pain and torment. And it is certainly not synonymous with loving yourself or believing that you're worthy of love and connection. So throw all of that junk out of the window in regard to having to be perfect and really come home to the truth on this. And the truth is you would dearly love someone to love you just as much on a bad day as a good day. You would love someone to be there for you when you feel vulnerable, when you haven't been able to be your best, when you put on a few extra pounds, when you start seeing wrinkles in the mirror. You want someone to salute the divinity in you, to love you for your soul, for your good intentions, for your heart. And you want someone who doesn't need you to be exactly how they think you should be and discard you if you aren't. Think about this. Really think about this. How often did the narcissist devalue and discard you over some trivial point which the narcissist deemed as you not living up to his or her unrealistic and often insane expectation? And you know what I'm talking about. Anyone who's been through devalue and discard, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Now we need to really self-reflect here and be really, really honest with ourselves. Now be honest with yourself, please. Do you or did you? Do you ever devalue and discard yourself emotionally over some of your own unrealistic expectations? I really hope you're getting a clearer picture here. Do you understand that you need to release your shame and you need to come home to loving and accepting yourself without conditions. That's what unconditional love is. Which means no conditions of who you have been, what you have done, what you have experienced, what has happened in your life, what your childhood was like, what weight you are, how many wrinkles you have, what money you do or don't have. Because none of these things have anything to do with whether or not you are worthy of belonging or being loved. There is only one thing that creates you as being worthy of, of love. And that is the clearing of your pain and shame so that what is left is your intrinsic true self which naturally cannot know anything other than being love and worth loving. Because your inner being adores you unconditionally. It's the source part of you and it cannot see you as anything other than unconditional love. That's the truth of who you are. So when you know yourself as worthy of being loved and deserving of true connection, then you are going to start experiencing it. And why are you going to start experiencing it? 
because you already have it. And therefore, you know and you are living what it genuinely feels like. It always had to be real within yourself first before it was going to be durably and authentically real in your outer world. So for those of you who want to heal past the abuse that you've experienced, my recommendation is absolutely, and I know a lot of you in the community have really been sitting back and not gone for this yet. My recommendation totally for you is to get onto the Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Program because it is consistently proving time and time again how by working and releasing at that inner level that there is the dissolving of the pain of the abuse. There is the healing of people's shame. And there does this creates a deep connection to oneself. It's all about escaping the horrible cycles of not feeling worthy of real love. That's what NARP is really about. Bringing you home to yourself and freeing you from shame and pain. So I can't recommend it enough. And I hope that people can get really inspired to think, it's time. I've had enough of this and these patterns. I want to come home to loving me. So I hope that this has helped you understand shame a lot more as well as more of the connections which create codependence as being susceptible to narcissistic abuse when we can understand the matches that are going on so that we can heal and get free. So this is going to be coming out in the blog article tomorrow and Absolutely. Write your comments or your questions about this very tricky subject shame that we need to bring out into the light and I'll be thrilled to answer your comments back. So that's it from me everybody. Have a beautiful day or evening and lots of love. Bye-bye.